Growing Up with a growing understanding speech pathology. Conversations about children's development that will support you through your parenting journey. Hi, I'm Lauren from Growing Up with a Growing Understanding Speech Pathology. Today I'm joined by one of our speech pathologists, Linda Baker. Linda has worked in the speech pathology domain for over 20 years and she has particular interest in ADHD and attention challenges. Linda is the mum to three children and she is an ADHD advocate. So as well as working as a speech pathologist with a growing understanding speech pathology, she's building a community of parents that support children with ADHD and attention challenges. This is a really insightful conversation about how you may be able to support your child who may be experiencing similar challenges and how to get the support that you're needing from other professionals. I'd love you to share how you came to be a speech pathologist Mm -hmm. and also how you came to work with a growing understanding. Yeah, well, it was definitely not part of my plan to be a speech pathologist. I wanted to be a nurse and then I did a nurse placement and thought, no, I don't want to be a nurse. I just couldn't do it. And so I wanted to do psychology and I started psych and it just wasn't for me. And I had a really bad back at the time. I went to the chiropractor and he said to me, what are you going to do at uni next year? And I went, I have no idea. I have no idea what to do. And he said, you should be a speech pathologist because you never shut up. So I'm like, okay. So I looked into it and I'm like, I could really do that. So that is truly how I became a speech pathologist. (laughs) And and we were saying before we came on that, you know, Mm. we are very good at talking. So you and I can talk for hours. And so I think it's just natural that as part of, you know, the speech pathology degree, we can just keep chatting. Absolutely. (laughs) And and tell um, everyone how you came to a growing understanding. What's your experience been before then? And how did you come to be part of our team? Well, I worked in health um, department. Department of Health for my whole career up until then, um, which is where I met you, of course. And I loved it. I loved the, uh, I don't know, the variety of clients that we had there. And I think though, for me, a growing understanding has just given me flexibility with my family. I love being a mum, but I also love working. And I think that, yeah, it just gives me that flexibility that I need to have a career, but also be a mum at the same time and be there for my children when they need me. And I mean, that's what led me to a growing understanding in the first place was, you know, family first for me. And I think that that's the conversation that we've been having over time yep. is that our families are really important Definitely. Um, but we also enjoy being speech pathologists and yep. we love what we do and yep. it's about trying to make it work yeah that's it and you've got some other side interests and mm. things as well so one of them is around ADHD yes can you share a, a little bit about how you got to that point yeah. and, and having that interest in attention yep. and ADHD? Yep. I basically had a little boy 11 years ago and from the moment he was born, he was just active and climbing off the walls and he ran and walked and climbed and just jumped from the moment he was alive. And I think that was really the biggest push for me just to investigate what ADHD was. And I just, I don't know, it's a passion of mine because I think there's so much misinformation out there about ADHD and 
I now have three children, all of whom have been diagnosed with ADHD. So I've got my oldest boy who's 11, ADHD combined. So he's got inattention, hyperactivity and impulsivity. Same with my middle daughter. And then I've got a little one who is going through the process and she's going to come out as ADHD inattentive. So she's not hyperactive or impulsive, but definitely has that inattention. And I just want them to be able to grow up to be the best possible versions of them themselves that they can be and I think that truly we can't help children with ADHD unless we know a lot about it. So that's sort of where it started for me but I think professionally we see so many children because there is a huge link between inattention and language. A lot of children with language difficulties do have inattention and so for me it was just how can I reach these goals and how can I really truly help these kids because we can't see them like a typical child because they're not. They have a neurodevelopmental disorder and so how can I be a better speechy for them and so yeah it's been a lot of research and a lot of learning at home I suppose and trying out different things at home and then just yeah implementing them and researching and yeah just finding what works and what doesn't. We want to know who you'd like to hear from or what topics you would like us to discuss so we can continue to grow together. Reach out via email to growingup at agrowingunderstanding.com.au and you've yeah. started a community for other parents who have mm. got children with attention challenges yep. and also a diagnosed ADHD. So I think yep. that there's both the, the parents yes. that don't yet know whether their child has ADHD, but there are certainly concerns regarding yes. attention yep. or other areas of their functioning. Yep. Do you want to share what that's yeah, all about? Yeah. So I have a Facebook community and it's got a terrible name, but it's Parenting Our Amazing Children with ADHD. Why is that a terrible name? <laughs> because I'm not good at coming up with names. But the thing is, <laughs> and I think that you touched on it, is that these children often get put into the naughty mm-hmm. basket yes. and they get put in to the too hard basket yep. sometimes. Yep. So I think what's really nice about the the name yep. is that it's really looking at the positives and the yes. uniqueness and yes. they are really amazing kids and yes. I think we need to look at what is amazing and yep. and also that it's really hard to parent these children. Like yes. we've had that conversation yes. Yes. a lot, yep. but it is really hard to parent yep. the children who have got attention challenges and yep. ADHD. Yep. So yep. I think parenting our amazing children... <laughs> Um, yep. with ADHD yep. is a really good name because it captures yes. exactly what we do. Absolutely. But, yes, I was on every ADHD Facebook group and website and everything and the big thing that just kept coming back was, and I won't say it on a podcast, but it, it was negative. Like these little kids and oh, I hate being their parents and it was just so negative and it is hard and we have talked about that. It is extremely hard when you are exhausted and your kids just never stop but there is so much positive and I think that if we can really just find out how to work best with our kids, then there are amazing things about every child, but, you know, particularly ADHD brings its such strength and, yes, different areas of strength that we wouldn't see if we just focus on the negative aspects and the difficult, challenging aspects. Yeah. Yeah. So with some of the things that are really challenging, Mm. (laughs) have you found something that is just golden, something that really works for you? Have you got a parenting hack? Okay, I don't. (laughs) I honestly think my, I was thinking about this during the week and if I had one parenting tip it would have to be don't 
compare yourself. I think that's it. Like there is no other mum or dad like you and there is no other child like your child. And even my children, they're all, you know, diagnosed ADHD, but they are all so different and they have their own unique strengths and areas that are really challenging for them. And I think that it's about throwing out the the textbook almost in a way and just saying what is going to work for our family what is going to work for me I'm not going to compare myself to other children I know when I first started to take my little man out when he he would have been not even one I think and you know I'd try to sit at a coffee shop with him and he would be the kid that was running around in circles or I was the mum that was running out the door trying to grab him back and and you know a lot of my friends they just had these kids that sat there and they just had little baby chinos and I just thought what am I doing wrong? What is wrong with me? And I cannot parent this kid. I don't know how to parent this kid. But honestly, I think so much freedom came for me when I'm just like, well, this child isn't like a a neurotypical child. There are going to be those challenges. I can't make him sit down. I can't make him, you know, behave for lack of a better word. So I'm not going to compare myself to others. I'm just going to be me. And my son, he's hilarious. So we were in the car not too long ago and he says to me, mum, you are not like any other mum. <laughs> I'm like, okay, is that a good thing? He's like, yeah, you're crazy. I'm like, I don't think that's a good thing. And he's like, no, I love it. It's awesome. And he always talks about how he can just be himself and how there's no shame to that. You know, so much of the ADHD research shows that these kids grow up to have difficulties with, you know, the societal expectations because they've been told their entire life that they that there's something wrong with them or that they're naughty kids or that, you know, it's they're getting feedback based on something that they actually really fully can't control and, you know, telling a child with ADHD to sit down and, and you know, not move, it's impossible. And so they're feeling that shame of what is going on and what's wrong with me. So I think that, yeah, just throwing out the rule book and just being you. Isn't it really interesting, like when you were talking, the thing that automatically jumped to my mind is that, you know, in speech pathology world, we talk about the importance of matching the length, Mm. the pace Mm. um, and the interest of what the child is doing. And so when you were saying about how your son said that you're a crazy (laughs) mum, but what I think that that is really interesting is that you're tuning into him and you're probably doing all of those things. You're matching his energy levels and you're matching his interest and you're pitching it at a level that he's needing in that moment so I think that's what's you know amazing Mm. to think about so in terms of you know tips for families that are out there I think that's a really good one Mm. is to not look at what other families are doing absolutely and what other parents are doing look at what your child is doing and try to mirror that to some extent and and reach them where they're at yeah yeah absolutely yeah so another really speech pathology specific question I think (laughs) it's a speech pathology specific question but what are you reading in your family in your household what books are (laughs) around do you know this is always embarrassing when I'm asked this because I'm a speechy but I am not a reader I do lots of audio books and that works for me in the car I am a big Brene Brown fan at the moment my amazing sister gifted it to me actually when I was deciding whether to come and and work privately and maybe that's funny because I actually gave the idea for her to read Brene Brown as Ah! well so I was talking to her about Brene Brown maybe that was my ploy to just get you to come and work with us was just to yeah feed you that absolutely 
Absolutely. But yeah, I'm reading Daring Greatly again. I have read it, but that's my big thing. And along the same sort of lines, I just, I feel so empowered to be myself. I am loud and I am different to most other parents. And I think that, I don't know, it just allows me to the freedom to be myself and to, to not really care about what other people think, but just to run my race well. In terms of my kids, interestingly, having kids with ADHD, one big thing with ADHD is an interest-based brain. So they have to be interested in what they're doing or it's, you know, they just don't want to do it. So I think that's always been a really big challenge to get my kids interested in books, but finding things that are a around their interests. So my son at the moment is reading the Wings of Fire books and he loves them, I think, because there's violence and battles and all of that sort of thing. So he absolutely loves those. My middle daughter is reading a series that I just discovered called So Zoe. It is about a fashion designer and my daughter wants to move to New York and be a fashion designer one day. So that's really got her interested in reading because she's not a big reader as well. But she finished those books in a couple of days because she absolutely loved them. And my little one, she is obsessed with Dr. Zeus at the moment. So any Dr. Zeus book. She loves the rhyme and she likes the weird pictures and the funny words that are made up. And she or we have to read one of those every night. But yeah, so that's sort of what we're all very eclectic. (laughs) I I love hearing what people have around Mm. the house, like whether it's magazines or books and what are the adults reading and what are the children reading? Because I I love to read, but since having children, I don't have Mm. time to read. So I've I've, I've got a huge stack of books on on my bedside table, but every time I go to read, I fall asleep. So, you know, I feel like by asking that question, I'm kind of getting a bit of a sense about what people are reading and I can kind of almost by osmosis kind of get some of the knowledge and the the themes of what people are reading. And I think that's why I do audio books because I'm in the car, Mm. I can't fall asleep, although I do have to listen to them a few times because my mind wanders onto something else and then, oh, I missed that bit, so rewind. If you found this podcast helpful, visit our website for resources, information and advice that will support you during your family's speech pathology journey and help your child grow. The other question that I've got for you is, do you have a favourite memory growing up? I have a really bad memory and it's really hard to think of things about all of that time ago, you know, but I do think one that stands out to me is my dad worked a lot and some Sundays he would take us to the shops and say you can buy anything you want to decorate cakes and so we used to make these incredible cakes and well they probably weren't actually that great they I thought they were as a child but looking back at the photos they're not actually that great (laughs) but I remember this one I made like an igloo with coconut and blue food coloring and it was very attractive but he would just let us go and we could do whatever we wanted to these cakes and then at the end we walked away and he cleaned up everything for us so it was just it was a lovely I don't know expression of us and just him spending that just quality time with us when he did work a lot and didn't always have that time to spend it was very special that's almost a bit of a, a parenting hack too because then he gets yeah. to eat cake yeah that's and- it. <laughs> Exactly. And the children are happy and the worst that you've got to do is just clean up a That's little true. bit. true, yeah. although I can't say that the cakes were delicious, yeah. so maybe not a good choice. <laughs> 
And so obviously uh, one of the questions that I usually ask is, you know, what's your experience, uh, you know, with speech pathology Mm. as a a profession? But I guess I'll throw it back to you and say, you know, what do you love about being a speech pathologist Mm. and and who are the children that you love working with or the families that you love working with? Yeah, I I love being a speechy. I think just because you just get to be a part of that little team for and it sometimes it's not for very long it might be something quite mild and you just get to see a child for a little while or it might be a family that you do need to spend a lot of time with and I think that you can learn about the family and just be a part of their team and help them achieve their goals and I think that's one of the biggest things for me is I love setting goals with families and ticking them off as we go and just celebrating with them I think so even you know little things like oh they said their first word and I I still get emails sometimes from parents just to say oh you'll never guess what they said today or you know that sort of thing I love that celebration I think I just I love yeah I don't know I just love being a part of that child's future as well and I think that sometimes communication is so undervalued in a way but honestly we are such social and communicative creatures that I just love being able to you know facilitate the child to to be social and to communicate so yeah I'm really grateful to have you on our team I think you're an amazing source of knowledge and information (laughs) and so if you haven't already do check out our socials on a growing understanding so you can find Linda doing lots of posts and lots of information and you can also where can they find out information about your community around ADHD yeah so I do have a website it is ADHD done differently and it's sort of a bit eclectic of what it is it's a blog where I just love to share research and evidence-based information because like I said before there's so much that is just wrong about ADHD put out there so I've got that and we also have a amazing group the parenting your amazing children with ADHD on Facebook that's just a beautiful community of mums who just you know we all have similar struggles and difficulties but we can just always encourage each other so yeah thank you thank you thanks for joining us on the podcast thank you Lauren thanks for listening to growing up with a growing understanding speech